God bless you. Thank you for joining us. This is my first podcast on the day, and we're going to be talking about the mind, the mind. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these moments. Now we pray that you would be with us. Give us exactly what to say, that your people may be edified and the devil may be horrified and that you may be glorified. We thank you now in Christ's name. Amen. Looking at the mind, that's what we're talking about. You know, your mind has a lot to do with uh, how successful you're going to be in your walk with God. If your thought process is not accurate, if your uh, rationale is not accurate and on point, then your life is going to be off-centered, if you will. Uh, having the right mind will help you to stay in the right lane and to do the right things uh, concerning what God would have for you to do. And so we want to talk about this because there are mind barriers that present us uh, or that prevent us from being all that God would have us to be. I'm reminded of a story of a man by the name of Roger Bannister. He was an Olympian. And every four years, as you know, we have the Olympic Games. And four minutes was the fastest record that uh, a mile had ever been ran. And ever since statisticians kept records, they knew that nobody would ever or could ever beat that record. But Roger Bannister, he didn't listen to them. He went out and broke it and made sports history. Hundreds of years of record keeping, poof, gone just like that. But here's what was the most interesting part. After Roger broke the record, within 10 years, 336 runners broke that record. What happened? Simple. The barrier was in the athletes' minds. They had believed what the experts said. They were convinced nobody could break the record. What's the point? You will never go beyond the barriers in your mind. If you think you can't, you won't and never will try. It will defeat you before you get started. And so having our mind in the right place is very, very, very important. Now, Jesus, in talking to the Pharisees and those who were trying to trap him, was asked the question, which was the greatest commandment? And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Matthew 22, 37. This lets me know, the more I understand the mind, the more I can live out this great commandment. Because I'm to love God with all of my mind. Now, before we go further, let's just say that the heart and the mind to some degree are, are different. And, and in the Bible, uh, many times, especially in the Old Testament, the essence of an individual, it, it's all wrapped up into one unit. But when we look at it closely, the heart and the mind, they, they're mentioned thousands of times in the Bible. And if you go through uh, a lot of passages mentioning the heart and the mind, we could come up with a lot of different definitions uh, of this or of that. In general, though, the heart refers to the part of a human that controls the desires, the emotions, the hopes, the dreams, and other intangible parts of our being. The mind typically refers to the part of a human that controls the intellect, reason, and thoughts. So we understand that our reason, our thoughts, our intellect, all of these things, if you will, are controlled by our mind and our minds are absolutely busy it's estimated that 
a human brain produces as many as 12,000 to 50,000 thoughts per day. Depending on how deep a thinker a person is, uh, most of the so-called random daily thoughts are generally about our social environment or about ourselves. In other words, they're either about what we're dealing with or, or, or where we are or about our own lives, our thoughts. Amen. And so it's very important to understand that our lives really are, if you will, uh, buried in our thought process. So a man thinking so is he and so we want to make sure that we have the right thought process so that we can have the right life in christ now listen brothers and sisters it's important to understand that the heart and the mind work together in our relationship with god to have an intimate relationship with god you will have to engage your heart but to have a true relationship with god you will have to engage your mind so it's important that we comprehend and understand this because without our mind being right we can say we love god but our mind will not be involved in the process in other words being saved is more than a feeling now don't get me wrong feeling is important because the bible lets us know that in order to really move in faith we must do two things we must we must believe and we must trust if you will allow me to say that 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 believing is using our mind that trust is if you will using our heart so if we use our mind and we believe if we have if you will through reading the word of god and being impressed upon by the holy spirit we believe what god says about us we believe we believe what god says to us and we believe what god says through us so it's very important that i guard my mind if satan comes he's coming after my salvation and one of the major ways he's going to do it is through my mind D did he not did he not deal with eve in her mind he said has not the lord said yeah that ain't gonna happen he messes with her in her mind and there are some of you who are listening to me today and the Satan has been trying to really deal with you and mess with you in your mind. And so we've got to understand that it's with our mind that we love God. It's with our mind that we look to God. It's in our mind that we stand on the promises of God, knowing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. So. It's important that if we know these things, then we've got to tune up our minds. We've got to tune up our mind. Uh, it, it was once said that the mind is like a clock that is constantly running down. It has to be wound up daily with good thoughts. So my thought life is what's going to really impact my mind. How are you thinking? What are you thinking about? When do you think? How often do you think? What do you use as the basis for what you think? So these become very important questions if I'm really trying to please God with who I am and with what I am doing. Let's look at a few scripture. The Bible says in, in Corinthians, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Now this comes on the heels of the scripture that we all know that says, uh, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, right? But the Bible says, who has known the mind of God that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. 
So according to the word of God, when I become saved, God gives me, if you will, a new mind. And I now possess the mind of Christ. Now I can let my mind wander. I can let it wander in and out and, and engage in those, those, all of those thoughts, those 12,000, those 50,000 thoughts a day. I can do that or I can allow God to control my mind. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? The Bible said, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. And then it says, be not conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. So we understand that our minds, God is trying to renew your mind. You may have been taught you'll never be anything, but God is trying to renew that to, to cause you to think that you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. And the Bible says that when we renew our mind, our life is renewed from the inside. So I'm no longer allowing outside things to impact or control my mind. My mind is being controlled from the inside. And if it's being controlled from the inside, it is being controlled by Christ who lives in me. So it's important that I bring my, my, my mind into line because it's going to help me to fulfill the great commandment, which is that I'm the love God with all my mind. But it's also important because it's my mind that has to be renewed. In other words, I need to be brainwashed. So, so cardia or having the emotions and all these things with the heart is one thing, but the mind, my rational understanding, my comprehension of who God is has to rest through my mind. There are times I won't feel saved, but I have to know I am saved because of what his word says. And I believe that word through my mind. Are you understand what I'm saying? You see people in situations who their mind tell them one thing and their heart tell them something else and they follow their heart and at the end of the day they say i should have followed my mind because sometimes your heart and your mind won't agree but it's your mind that is seated in christ that will lead you to where you really need to be in him so the mind controls my intellect it controls my reasoning and it controls my thoughts now i've got to make sure that I am wrestling not in the flesh but in the spirit and that I have to wrestle with a clean mind. I've got to comprehend the fact that if I've rendered myself over to God, if I've letting God take control of my life, I got to recognize that there is a war going on and the way I win this war is I win it first in my mind. If I don't think I, I can defeat the enemy, then he will not be defeated. If I don't think I can, I, I can stop smoking, then I'll, I'll never stop smoking. If I don't think I can stop getting high, then I'll never stop getting high. So it's my mind that I've got a, I've got a war going on. Listen what the Bible says in second Corinthians and, and uh, chapter 10, verse five, casting down imaginations. Where are imaginations at? In my mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where's knowledge at? In my mind. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Where are my thoughts at? In my mind. So the, the battlefield really from us is in our mind. When I comprehend who I am in God, what God wants to do with me, what God can do through me, how God wants to work for me, it will change my not only my inlook, but my outlook. And then it will give me an 
uplook. So I've got to understand that it's my mind that the enemy is trying to, to take control of. It's my mind. He's trying to tell me that I won't achieve. He's trying to tell me that what God promised won't happen. He's trying to tell me that I'm wasting my time, that nobody can live safe. And I'm casting all of these things down because I recognize that God has already made me victorious. And that has to begin in my mind. So the word of God lets me know, even in my salvation, he's very clear to me. And he says to me, listen, you got to understand. He says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I got to understand that it is in my mind, in the, if you will, in the cardia that I receive my salvation, my believing. This is in the case where one of where the word heart and mind basically mean the same thing. I must believe in my mind. I may not feel anything. I may not feel new. You know, there's a son that said, I looked at my hand, my hand looked new, looked at my feet, and they did too. But but generally when you get saved and you look at your hand, if it was rusty before you got saved, it's gonna be rusty after you get saved. You look at your feet, and if your feet had corns on them before you got saved, you're gonna have corns on them after you get saved. All right, till you go to, to the podiatrist, right? So I've got to understand that my belief happens in my mind. And I leave saved, not because my whole world has turned around, but I leave saved because I believe my mind, my, uh, my rationale, my thought process is now on the things of God. So then you may be saying, well, Bishop, how do I get control of this mind? How do I manage this mind? How, how do I make this happen? Well, let me give you a couple of things that I need for you to do. Uh, number one, you got to adopt the half full theory you know the, if the story is told and you've seen it happen perhaps in your life person will take a glass and and half fill it and then they will say is it half empty or is it half full and it's one of the ways where you could tell uh, sometimes whether people are, are a pessimist or an optimist is it half empty or half full you've got to be the person that says it's half full it's full i'm coming from the full perspective so i've got to get the half full theory why is that important because if it's half full that means that somewhere on the inside i'm looking for it to be totally filled if i start out with it being empty no matter what happens i'm still the word empty is always going to have the connotation of me not having what i need but if it's half full it, it suggests i'm halfway there it suggests that that i'm on my way somewhere and it has a sense if you will of expectation and you do remember wherever there's an air of expectancy and an aroma of faith, God will do great things. So you got to adopt the half full theory. Your life right now, you may not have everything that you want, but you're headed to a fullness. The fullness of his grace, the fullness of his glory, the fullness of his love. Shucks, you may not be who you want to be, but you can be thankful that you are not who you used to be. So you've got to come to the place where you say, listen, where I am is where I am, but I'm looking at it from a half full place. So I may be in a small apartment, but I'm not outdoors. I may be in a small apartment, but I'm headed to a bigger house. I may be on the bus stop, 
but my car is on the way. See, it has a sense of expectation. And when your mind can gather godly expectation, it will cause the devil to flee from you because you are resisting him because he is negative thought. All right. So you got to adopt uh, the half full theory, but then you've got to also engage in meditation on God's word. The Bible says, uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. You've got to meditate on God's word. Get God's word in your spirit. Go to sleep uh, with the Bible on your phone, uh, with uh, uh, somebody reading the Bible on your phone or download it and hear that voice and, and get that in your head. Whatever you allow to get in your ear game is going to hit your spirit. And so you've got to learn how to meditate and to think on God's word. Carve out some time in your day and say, I'm going to allow my mind to wrap around what God says about me. If you're having trouble with your self-esteem, go in and get some scriptures and meditate on those scriptures. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. And nothing shall separate me from the love of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm going to meditate on those scriptures and those scriptures are going to get in my mind. And, and why is that important? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So I'm going to put my mind on the Lord. I'm going to focus on God and I'm going to allow him to do what he needs to do in my life. The last thing that I need for you to do is I want you to acknowledge spiritual warnings. When your mind is drifting and the Holy Ghost says to you, you know, you don't need to be thinking about that. You know, you don't need to be thinking on that. You need to cast it down immediately. Do not sit and chew on negativity. Do not sit and chew on ungodliness because all things begin in the mind. What did David do? He's sitting on top of the roof. He looks over and sees Bathsheba and he starts thinking. And when he starts thinking, he messes up with her. What happens? She ends up pregnant. All right. Now he's thinking again and he gets her husband to come home from the battlefield so that he can have him killed in order to cover up his sin. He wrestled and thought uh, negative and thought and rested on that. And it took over his action. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. A thought becomes a word. A word becomes an action. And an action becomes a deed. And so you've got to make sure that you heighten your awareness of when the spirit is trying to tell you that's wrong thinking. Don't think about that. Don't don't wrestle with that. But pull away from that and let God bless you real good. Now, listen, your mind is a terrible thing to waste. All right. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And he he being Jesus did not many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Their mind had not taken in the fact that this was the Christ. And because they had not taken in the fact that this was the Christ, because they had not reasoned that this was really him, because they had not put in their intellectual space that this is the son of God and he has power, Jesus was not 
able to do mighty miracles, mighty works there. And I want God to be able to do mighty works in your life. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to wrap your mind around who he is, what he wants from you. He wants your mind to love him. He wants your mind to have godly thoughts. He wants your mind to have godly insight. He wants your mind to be a godly protector of the promise that he has placed in you. So go to it. Adopt the half full theory. Go to it. Engage in meditation on God's word. Go to it. Acknowledge when the spirit is trying to warn you concerning ungodly thinking. I pray that this has blessed you, man. Listen, you're a winner already. You just don't even know it. But I guarantee you, if you wrap your mind about what God has said about you, you shall eat the good of the land. Be blessed is my prayer. Remember, wherever there's an air of expectancy and an aroma of faith, God will do great things. God bless you. God keep you.